The information provided on this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general informational purposes only. Welcome to Rights Here, Rights Now, the podcast about disability, advocacy, and activism. I'm your advocate host, Virginia Ferris. And I'm your advocate host, Ren Fazuski. Every two weeks, we dig into relevant issues, current events, and avenues for self-advocacy. Because someone has to. And it might as well be us. This podcast is produced by the Disability Law Center of Virginia, the Commonwealth's Protection and Advocacy Agency for Disability Rights. Find out more at dlcv.org. It's the most wonderful time of the fiscal year. I mean, considering that it is, it is because now we've ended the last fiscal year, so I don't have to be nearly as stressed out. We can at least say it's not 2020, and it's, <laughs> it's a little true. It is a little true, um, and that's all that matters. Yes, dear listeners, we uh, deal, here at DLCV, um, as of October 1st, we have entered fiscal year 21. So I, I don't know about the rest of you, but, you know, we, we, we find ourselves sort of on the other side of this year that just will not end. Say um, a, a fair bon voyage to mm. uh, fiscal year 20 and on to fiscal year 21. And the esteemed Colleen Miller to tell us what does that even mean? Yes, our fabulous executive director took time out of her busy schedule to just sort of talk about what it is that we're doing this year, um, what our goals are, uh, tell us a little bit more about um, our work around the election and accessibility. Uh, and it's a, it's a real good time, guys. Buckle in. Enjoy the ride. Colleen, thank you so much for joining us uh, and being back on the podcast. I am happy to be here. So the idea of our episode today is to talk about the work that DLCV plans to do in this brand new, exciting fiscal year 21. It sounds so much less exciting when we say fiscal year in front of it, but it, it, it's still exciting <laughs> to me. Right. We just uh, we just celebrated New Year's on October 1st. Um, so uh, because we operate with federal programs, we do have a different understanding of what a new year looks like. But our new year starts on October 1. Yes. And while the, the rest of the world may be just desperately running towards the finish line of 2020, we, we sort of feel like we're already there. That's right. Um, so with that in mind, can you tell us a little bit about how DLCV sets up um, its work for the year in terms of um, setting goals and that kind of thing? Sure, sure. So um, it's important to know that um, the Disability Law Center of Virginia has got really um, pretty enormous authority, uh, enormous ability to, to reach into pretty much any legal rights issue that affects somebody with a disability. But what we don't have is enormous resources. So, um, you know, there's, there's roughly a million people with disabilities in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and we've got 36 staff at Virginia, uh, at the Disability Law Center of Virginia. So, you know, it's, um, 
uh, if you think about every single county, every single uh, government office, every single business, uh, school district, all over the Commonwealth of Virginia, and there's 36 of us to do it all, we really have to narrow down the work that we're going to do. We really have to focus in. Um, and we try very hard to pick areas uh, to focus on where we think we can make a difference, where we think that if we put our energies to work there, um, we're going to actually change things and make things better for the greatest number of people. We do that by setting up our, uh, what we call our goals, focus areas, and objectives. And it's a very detailed work plan uh, for each year, each fiscal year. We've got uh, a number of um, lofty goal statements that we're trying to pursue. And then we identify specific areas where we are doing work in the hopes of changing the world. So when we come up with these goals and objectives, is there any new projects that DLCV is working on this year? You know, uh, Ren, that's a great question. The first one I really want to talk about is, uh, it's not so much a new project, but it is a new emphasis that we are putting on voting rights for people with disabilities. Um, the, the COVID crisis has really uh, crystallized for us how difficult it can be for people with disabilities to exercise this really fundamental right to vote. So we are uh, setting aside some very dedicated resources to enable people to be able to vote, uh, to enable people to uh, protect their right to vote. And um, it's a brand new focus area for us this year. We've done it in the past in conjunction with other programs designed to, designed to make uh, government accessible. But this year we're focusing specifically on the right to vote. Around that, I do want to say, um, we're, I'm hoping that everybody, first of all, will vote. I'm hoping that by now you have registered because the deadline to register has passed. Um, and if you are planning to vote um, and haven't voted yet, we really would appreciate it if you would get on our website and fill out the survey form to help us understand how accessible voting places are all over uh, Virginia. And especially if you're voting early, we have not done surveys of early voting sites in the past and would be really helpful to know how the early voting sites are looking. So um, you've told us a little bit about what we're doing um, with regards to voting and if people are interested in learning more about our efforts um, with regards to the voting efforts this year. Um, have a couple more episodes go back check our back catalog we've got um some episodes with the fabulous jolifon liddell um where she tells us all about how uh the public can get involved helping us um survey polling locations for accessibility and all of that stuff um so just wanted to emphasize that for anyone who may be listening who may be just really excited right now and want to know more um, so in addition to the voting stuff, one thing I realize this is a bit of an insider's perspective, but we talk about impact projects a lot at DLCV. Can you talk to us a little bit about the concept of an impact project and what that means for us? Sure. Um, and this is also in the context of uh, new projects that um, DLCV is working on. Um, what we try to do every year is we set aside 
uh, three, maybe three or four specific projects, and we call them systemic impact projects. And those are projects where we think that if we bring all of the resources of the agency uh, together in an interdisciplinary approach, that we can make a really significant difference. Um, call them uh, impact projects, systemic impact projects. Um, the podcast you're listening to right now is uh, a systemic impact project. We involve everybody from all aspects of the office in uh, the question and answer sessions and the um, highlights in the disability in the news part um, and, and really try to bring all of our resources to bear in order to really make a difference in how people understand disability rights. Another thing we did uh, last year and we're continuing as an impact project next year is uh, what we called the Disability Rights Expo. And that was a one-day conference or, or seminar um, with a whole bunch of different people presenting a wide variety of issues on disability rights from uh, seclusion and restraint and IEPs and supported decision-making and social security. Um, had a whole uh, range of ways in which people could participate one-on-one -on -one sessions, clinics, um, trainings. It was really a, a wonderful day. We had a total of about 500 people who participated in that in one form or another, some of it on Facebook Live. So we've decided it is a, a great outreach tool and we're gonna uh, continue that again next year. Um, in areas outside of outreach, um, we also have a couple of impact projects where we're really intending to change practice as it affects people with disabilities. Um, one of them, will be in our, uh, probably our third year of an impact project, has to deal with incident reporting from community providers. And um, we get thousands of incident reports from community providers um, on a regular basis. We load them into a database and then we analyze those reports to try to figure out ways in which we can make the greatest uh, impact on people living in the community, receiving services in the community. We call that our CRIS impact project. And then the newest impact project that we're gonna take on this year has to do with uh, children and adolescents who are in treatment facilities, um, psychiatric treatment facilities, usually they're residential treatment facilities. And we've really decided to try to focus everything that we know um, to assist those young people when it comes time to leave the facility so that they have the greatest chance of success so that they don't continue um, a life of institutionalization, which often for um, many of these young people, it ends up being um, correctional settings. So we're really gonna try to, to uh, focus in on serving these young people as early as possible, helping them get vocational training, transition services, um, and the, the skills they need to succeed once they have left the residential treatment facilities and are uh, back into the community. So there's been several times during this exchange where you've talked about the idea of systemic work, systemic change. And if you wouldn't mind elaborating on if there are any areas that DSV is working towards this year in regards to systemic change. Well, sure. Um, I think uh, it's hard to pick uh, one or two to talk about. But uh, 
you know, just a reminder, there are many, many more people with disabilities in Virginia than we can ever serve one-on-one. And all of those people with disabilities could have, you know, half a dozen different legal rights issues. Um, And we just really can't reach out to all of them. So our board decided a number of years ago that we were going to try to focus on systemic change. Um, And uh, recently the board kind of focused that a little bit to say systemic change that is driven by individual cases. So we don't, we don't want to fix things just because we think it's a good idea. We want to fix things that individuals have told us about. Um, one of the longest term, I think, efforts in that area has to do with the use of seclusion and restraint in public schools. And probably 15 years ago, we were doing a lot of individual casework there and realized we were never going to fix that problem if we did it one at a time. We did a series of public reports on the impact of uh, seclusion and restraint on children and uh, the way it was being implemented across the state. And the legislature responded to that by uh, requiring regulations in every school district that would um, greatly restrict the use of seclusion and restraint. Those regulations are at long last finalized and they take effect on January 1 of this year. So um, this has been a systemic change project we've been working on for a very, very long time. And we're not done yet. Uh, The way we're gonna use our resources now is to uh, really make sure that school districts all across Virginia are implementing these regulations, are understanding these regulations. We are confident that some school districts will find loopholes in the regulations. And uh, once we identify those, we will take them back to the Department of Education or take them back to the legislature and try to get those loopholes closed. So um, it is systemic change. It will make a huge difference for children in public education for the rest of our lives. But it is a very, very long-term project for us. So, to, to to bring it down a notch because you know I I have to be Debbie Downer on all of these episodes but um you know I, I I think when we were a couple months ago dreaming of the coming fiscal year we were dreaming of a coming fiscal year without COVID nineteen and that's just kind of not reality um so unfortunately you know we we got to talk about what dlcv is doing and moving into fiscal year 21 um you know first and foremost is dlcv still taking precautions against COVID 19. absolutely absolutely we are um uh as far as our internal operations um, we are open to people coming into the office. We are open to uh, drop-ins or in-person appointments. Um, we prefer if those are scheduled appointments because it gives us a little bit of time to prepare um, the area where we'll meet with you. We've got sneeze guards that we can put up. We can set up some uh, tables with some distancing. Um, but but if you know if somebody comes in and hasn't given us a, a warning that they're coming in, we can still respond to that. In the office, everybody wears masks, and that includes visitors and staff. And uh, we maintain social distancing in the office. We also have a more heightened schedule of cleaning and sanitizing 
making hand sanitizer available uh, in a bunch of strategic places in the office. Uh, uh, as far as our work out in the world goes, um, we are, uh, one of our greatest responsibilities is to monitor conditions where people with disabilities live. And this, that has been an especially challenging task for us since March because many facilities have shut down and have not allowed outsiders to come in. And as we know, the tragedies we hear of uh, people who are approaching the end of their life and can't even be visited by their family members. Um, this shutdown has been really, really difficult for people with disabilities. Because of the Disability Law Center's um, unique role in Virginia, we actually have never been prohibited from going into these facilities. We've actually had legal authority to enter every one of these facilities um, at any time to investigate a legal rights claim. But we also recognize the risk that our presence there could pose, that one of us could be a carrier and not know about it, um, that we could uh, be exposed to somebody in a facility who is a carrier um, and hasn't yet identified it. So we've tried to approach our in-person monitoring carefully. If we know of uh, an out actual outbreak in a facility um, or any kind of uh, identified infection in a facility, we won't go to that place. We won't go to that cottage or to that uh, unit where the outbreak is identified. When we do the on-site monitoring, which I personally have done, um, we maintain distance, we wear a mask, we don't shake hands, we don't hand things to people, you know, we, we maintain some really basic protocols. Um, and in some places that's a little tricky because the uh, residents living there may not understand uh, the need to keep that kind of distance. So it has been a little bit uh, tricky for us to do that. But we, we really think that the value of on-site monitoring is uh, enormous. There are things that we can learn about uh, through remote conversations, through phone calls. Um, sometimes we have some video access to places, but there's really no replacement for the on-site monitoring that we need to do. We've also been doing um, training in a new way, training and outreach in a new way. And I have to say, I don't think we've nailed that one completely. We're doing a lot of Zoom trainings or uh, uh, video training kind of things, but we recognize that that kind of format is not available to everybody with a disability, that there are people who do not have internet access or do not have the skills to operate uh, videos because sometimes these are complicated things. Um, and so we're trying to explore other ways to uh, increase our access across the Commonwealth um, during this COVID crisis. And the things that we learn how to do, we'll be able to use when the COVID crisis passes. We're, we're wandering into a new landscape that may end up having a lot of best practices applications for people with various disabilities. I think that's right. I think that's right. The, the lessons we're learning in this pandemic will serve us well uh, every year during flu season. There will be um, good reasons to continue these protocols um, when flu season returns, which it does every single year. Well, Colleen, thank you again so much for taking the time to come and talk to us about um, the work that DLCV is going to be doing this year. Um, we will have you back 
uh, hopefully very soon to talk about some of the General Assembly stuff and some of the working towards the legislature uh, for the coming year. I will be very happy to return. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And now a DLCV call to action. Throughout this episode, Colleen Miller has talked to us about DLCV's efforts surrounding the election. And in lieu of a DLCV highlight about the great stuff that we have done so far, we want to remind you that there is still a lot of work to do. So if you are interested in working with DLCV, completing accessibility surveys of your own polling place or early voting location, um, please visit us on our website at dlcv.org. Or if you have limited internet access and have more questions or want to participate, you can also call us at 800-552-3962. So once again, thank you to Colleen for joining us and explaining about some of the work we're going to be doing this year. It um, is going to be smooth sailing, from what I understand. Easy peasy. We're going to fix everything. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're still in the part of the year where I'm like full of hope and vigor. Um, and hopefully that, ju that just lasts all the way through the year. But, you know, it's, especially now, it's a really exciting time. So. If you have issues, now is a great time to call DLCV for assistance or resources. Absolutely. And thank all of you for listening to this episode of Rights Here, Rights Now, brought to you by the Disability Law Center of Virginia. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. If you need assistance or want more information about DLCV and what we do, visit us online at dlcv.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Disability Law VA, and we also have a Facebook, Disability Law Center of Virginia. Share us with your friends. Until next time, I'm Virginia Ferris. And I'm Ren Fazuski. 
And this has been Rights Here. Rights Now. <laughs>